fucking nuts. That's that's barbaric. That's wizard chess. That's, that's barbaric. That's like crazy. That's fucking insane. Anyway, she says, "I can't." Oh shit! Our studio's collapsing. Continue. We're all right. I'll fix this. I'm so scared. Spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate. Joining me as always is the co-host of the show, my brother, Zach. Mine are mine are much more enthusiastic, my intros. You get an AO Do you wanna just do them? I mean we can we can give it over eardrums right off the start. Pass the reins off and you take the take the intros from No, it's our thing. We've alternated intros since the start. We're never gonna stop. Ever, 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 ever. okay, alright. You're scaring me. I'm just saying. Step it up. Get good. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever. I have a couple of them. Which one? Well, the one I'm talking about is Podcoin, where you can listen and earn great rewards. I'm pretty sure we have a code for that one. We do. If you are a new user of Podcoin, you can type in Brotherhood and get 300 coins to spend on fucking cool stuff. Sweet. Like giving to charity or gift cards? Yeah, gift cards to like Starbucks and Amazon and all sorts of other places. So if you're hearing this, why haven't you already downloaded Podcoin and started listening to Brotherhood? Listen to us there. And earn some coins. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've joined us before, thank you and welcome back. If you're new here, we are full spoiler. We will ruin your day if you are against spoilers. True that. Go and catch up, and then come on back, because we don't want to lose you. Come on I'm back. good at ruining days. Yeah, I am too. So, if you joined us on the last episode, we were reading Aria, Aria. and that was Aria 4. Yeah, we both said that with the same weird inflection. Whatever. Weird. Yeah, Aria was dealing with the chaos of her father being taken, and her household guard being essentially slaughtered around her, and so... She was fleeing using. Uh, she was having her last lesson with Sirio Pharrell, and then so. was interrupted, uh, given some parting wisdom from her mentor, and she fled. And she managed to using Sirio and Jon Snow's training. Training. She ended up killing her very first person in the stable boy who tried and to grab her. Escaping through the sewers. And escaping down, yeah, well, into the, the tunnels the, that lead to the, the sewers, darkness but... under King's Landing. Anyway, this week we are reading the other Sansa. Sister. Four. The other sister. And Sansa, we get, it's, I think, right about the same time. Um, we get the whole time span for her yeah. as to what's occurred. So we get a fur- we're further in time than Arya's, but we find out what happened with Sansa during Arya's. Yeah, so we open with, they came for Sansa on the third day, and Sansa had chosen a simple gown, yet she found that her fingers felt clumsy as she struggled with the fastenings without the help of a servant. Jane Poole had been confined with her, but Jane Poole was useless, as all she's done is sob about her father. Holy shit. So, I put a comment there first. 
Because, like, as much as we all love to hate Jane Poole, take a step back there, Sansa. Like, fuck. You weren't out there seeing people get slaughtered and whatnot. Uh, second, I noticed that I, I had marked that also, which is mentioned, we'll mention later on. Yeah, oh yeah, indeed. But um, I wanted to note that while this is the Sansa chapter, I think it is interesting that Jane Poole is painted in the, one of the tallest towers of Magor's Holdfast, crying her eyes out, which will be quite a bit of what she's doing later on as yeah. she enters Winterfell. She will be locked in a tower, sobbing most so of her days. So I it's also, an interesting... I know that they threw her in there, and we'll find out later, you know, just because they didn't know what else to do with her. But it's almost like they are already replacing her sister. Oh, yeah. Sansa's sister. Yeah, yeah. Sansa, and that's, skipping ahead, that's sort of where the chapter wraps up, but Sansa has nary a thought for Arya through yeah. all of this. And so she, Sansa turns to Jane Poole and says that, I'm certain your father is well. I'll ask the queen to let you see him. Thinking that this would lift Jane's spirits a little bit, but Jane just looks at her and cries even harder, and Sansa thinks she was such a child. I think Jane has a little more understanding for what the Lannisters did here. I think Jane Poole understands that there was some shit. Yeah, I think Jane Poole is sobbing uncontrollably because she's a young girl, teenage, preteen girl, who just saw some horrid shit on her well, way Well, I think that and, here. like, Sansa mentioning the queen... You know, and she'll. I'll talk to the queen. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. she's still the good person, and like it was the queen's but, men killing yeah, our yeah. people. So she doesn't thing. know what the heck mm-hmm. to think. Yeah, definitely, and that's it. Sansa says this in such a degrading way. She was such a child, but that's it. She is a child, and she exactly. just witnessed some horrific shit. You're a child too. You think you're elevated, but you're acting so naive yeah, in the, yeah. in this chapter specifically. It's, this chapter, we learn the depth of how. Easily Fucking manipulating. dense yeah. Sansa is. Anyway, we'll get there when we get there. So, it says that Sansa had wept too on the first day. Even with her door closed and barred, it was hard not to be terrified when the killing began. So she's there. Jane was out in that shit, Sansa. Yeah. Like, right? Fuck. Sansa thinks that she, and again, I actually want to keep doing that, drawing the parallels to Jane Poole because I think that this is very much so a mirror for them but so Sansa thinks that she as well as Jane Poole had heard the sound of swords ringing often at Winterfell that was the the yard was almost never not ringing with swords but knowing that it was real and again it made me think yeah. of the line it maybe it was in the knowing from Jon yeah, Snow yeah. It's that in made the knowing all the difference. that makes all the difference. Knowing that men are dying, and there were new slings. sounds to it all, because it wasn't just the ringing of steel anymore. Now there were grunts of pain, curses of anger, shouts for help, and moans of wounded, dying men. Which, like you didn't get that with them practicing in the yard. Maybe the occasional broken knuckle, yeah, and you know, a cracked wrist, yeah, you know, a curse here and there. But and that's about it. Our 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 little. Empty-headed girl thinks that in the songs, the knights never begged for, screamed and begged for mercy. And so she had wept, asking repeatedly through her door what was happening, calling for her father, for Septimus Mordain. And here we get the true depth of the naivety. For her king, for the gallant prince, and if the guards at her door heard her pleas, they did not answer. The door had only opened later that night when they had thrust Jane Poole inside, bruised and shaking bruised and shaking. Yeah. 
So Jane Poole was hit or She'd beat or assaulted, grabbed. Yeah. So And she comes in and shrieks at Sansa, they're killing everybody. I also at this point it was the bruise and shaking that made me think of the bread riots. Maybe that's what happened to Jane Poole is in the chaos, some man grabbed her and tried to force himself on her. And that's why she's just a sobbing train wreck of a person right now. And that's what happens to Sansa later during the Bread Riots is sort of something similar. So is it a little bit of Sansa's story? Like, Sansa's just being so cruel to to her friend here. Well, it's if she's watching her friend go through this experience that she's going to spend the next six years, you know, in just really feeling the effects of because she's gonna you know while Jane has her share of everything there's going to be a period where we don't see her where Sansa's feeling this kind of shit yeah yeah directed at her specifically like Martin's like I'm gonna fucking your turn (laughs) your turn yeah well she is bitchy these like I mean you know I'm not too upset about it so she said told her the hound broke down her door and there were bodies all over. What a the horrifying tower image the that Just is! Just the hound smashing through your door and grabbing a hold of you and walking you out to this building that's just full of bodies. the The stairs were all covered in blood. They were slick and slippery, like fuck. So that night they had laid and slept in the same bed cuddling each other as if they so, were sisters. I did notice right then when Sansa first got with Jane, it did say that she, as she comforted her friend, she dried her own tears. Mm-hmm. And so I think that because she saw how upset her friend was, she did start taking on a friend aspect. But as the night went through and the morning came, like it evolved into this, oh, well, now I have to take care of you. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know anything. Well, that's it. I think her thoughts on it now are much different than her reactions in the present as well. I think she was just as scared and... As especially seeing her friend shoved in here having no knowledge and she's crying and shaking and freaking the fuck out that they're killing everyone. So I think Sansa was a lot more scared than she admits here. I think now right. just looking back, she's like, oh, what a child. But clearly that night they comforted, they needed each other to sleep. Like they, right. they cuddled in the same bed as sisters, it says, specifically as sisters, to your point of they're already replacing Arya. Because... That line comes up as sisters, but there's still no thought right. of Arya. And so it's dangled right there in front of her. But the second day had been worse. The room she was confined in was atop the tallest tower of Magor's Holdfast, which, again, I immediately thought of the fairy tales, the princess in the tower. So she could be looking down on Arya at any time mm-hmm. when Arya crossed the little thing. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. She yeah. could be. But, yeah, I immediately thought of the princess in the tower, the tallest tower, you yeah, know, yeah. all that, and here's Sansa. But from it, she could see that the portcullis was down, the drawbridge was up, and it was uh, separated from the larger castle. Lannister guardsmen prowled the walls armed with spears and crossbows, and while the fighting was over, the silence of the grave had settled over the Red Keep. The only sound was Jane sobbing. So... I will give it to her that at least Sansa is aware of the profound silence after and what it means. She's not blind to that. At least she's picking up on the mood that the fact that this, this silence of the grave has settled over King's Landing yeah. and that it, it people died, like some shit went down. So she continues. Yeah, so she, right, go ahead. That they were fed. They, uh, 
they were fed well, but when the servants who brought the food, when Sansa questioned the servants who brought the food, they would flee from her yeah. as if afraid. Uh, that evening, some woman, some women brought her clothes from the Tower of the and Hand James and some of Jane's. And she started asking them, but she noticed that they were, they seemed just as scared and uninformed as she was. Mm-hmm. Like, and they took off also, like, and got out of there. Um, and she kept trying to ask the guards questions too, and like tell her that she need they need to let her see the queen. Yeah, and she she'll want Joffrey to talk to there, me because yep. she's to be married. Mm-hmm. We're, me and the prince, we're to be married, so you need to let me like just try and to, and doesn't understand how ignorant she sounds. Yeah, and how like pathetic it is to these guards that are like shut, bitch. Yeah, we're killing your dad in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. You you just. Be quiet, child. So at sunset on the second day, a great bell had begun to ring. The slow clanging had filled Sansa with a sense of dread. The ringing went on and on, and after a while, other bells answered from the great scepter of Baylor. And then I wrote the quote. It says, The sound rumbled across the city like thunder, warning of the storm to come. I mean, we got the War of the Five Kings right on the fucking horizon. I mean, Sansa is oddly, she has the ability to be perceptive, and that's what's frustrating about her. Well, it's funny because, like, her mother had the storm in front of her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The storm has arrived. Yeah. It's time. So, Jane asks, why are they ringing the bells? And Sansa answers, the king is dead. She doesn't know how she knows, but she knows. And she probably heard somewhere in a story definitely, from, but uh, I mean, it's still Lewin, she is right. But yeah, the king is dead. It. Like she nails it on the head. So says that that night she went to sleep restless and fearful, but wondering if Joffrey was also dead, uh, or she's because she was thinking she, that he's king now, mm-hmm. but not if he's dead. And she was afraid for him and her father and her father. In the same, mm, she's afraid for both of them in the same fucking sentence, yeah. and and just knowing what happens, it's just twisting that knife. So she dreamed of Joffrey that night, mm. and she had dreamed that he was on the throne, with her seated beside him, in a gown woven gold of woven gold, Lannister gold, probably. She and... had a crown on her head, and everyone she had ever known came before her to bend the knee and say their courtesies. So, so is this just a fleeting fancy? This is her epitomizing her want and desire to be a lady, the ultimate lady, the queen, you this, know, and she just sees it as... I really feel like the gown of woven gold is sort of a hint at the fact that she went to Cersei. Like, right, right. she epitomizes yeah. Cersei in this moment. Cersei is everything that Sansa wants to be because Cersei plays it so well because she is this kind and sweet and gentle right, queen, right. but she, we all know she fucking isn't. So in the morning, on the morning of the third day, Sir Boros Blunt had come to take her to the queen. And it says that Sir Boros Blunt was an ugly man. And she goes Blount. on to do, Boros Blount, yes. Blount. What am I saying? Blunt. Blunt. <laughs> Blount. Sir, uh, Sir Boris Blount uh, was an ugly man, but a lady remembered her courtesies, and she was resolved to be a lady no matter what. So she tells him, you look very handsome and splendid this morning, Sir Boros. And his answer is so telling of just how little foolish she's being, because he says, and you, my lady, he answers it just in a flat voice, like, this isn't... You're not at the ball anymore, right. Sansa. Like, some shit's going down. And so he just continues, Her grace awaits. Come with me. 
And so Sansa notices that there's Lannister guards yeah. outside her room. And she is greeting everybody. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful weather we're having, isn't it? Yeah. And just living it up, but it's also part of that she went to Cersei. And so now she's kind of feeling like she's a Lannister, which, again, is strange because Joffrey wasn't supposed to be a, a Baratheon, you know, and or he is supposed to be a Baratheon, but he's not. That's not how she's seeing it. She wants to be the Lannister. Yeah. So we get that this is the first time she had been allowed outside of this room since Sir Aerys Oakheart had led her there two mornings past. To keep you safe, my sweet one, Cersei had said, Joffrey would never forgive me if anything happened to his precious. Now this is the first hint that we get that she had, I mean. So one of my favorite things about this chapter was just knowing just knowing every time Cersei says something about Joffrey that it is complete horseshit. Oh, yeah. That, like, he has no interest in Sansa because he's just a little sociopath he has no that he in is. Anything. Yeah. yeah like... And so Cersei is just absolutely filling Sansa's head with what Sansa wants to hear. And so it says that Sansa had been had expected to be brought to the royal apartments, but instead Sir Boros led her out of Magor's holdfast. Uh, the bridge was down again. And she noticed that some workmen were lowering a guy on some ropes yeah. down into the moat. And when she glances down, she sees a body impaled on the spikes, and she quickly looks away because she's afraid to look. She's afraid she might recognize someone she knew. Yeah. Which is highly likely. I think that she's feeling almost like there's the possibility that she caused all of this. Mm. You, like, she's aware of the fact that yeah, she... Yeah, it's sort of that subconscious by, like, doesn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, like, if it. I look and it's my father's men or my father or, you know, any of the men that I know, then it's probably my fault that Cersei... Mm-hmm. Like, maybe there was a reason Dad was getting me out of here. Yeah. Whoops. So they found Queen Cersei in the council chambers, seated at the head of a long table. The room was as splendid as any Sansa had ever seen. I thought this was funny with how directly contradictory this is to how Ned perceived this when entrance, he came in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is what this looks like. So, yeah, uh, we get the description of the, the wooden uh, parishion, the wooden wall yeah, parishion the type thing. Wall. And then we get the two sphinx by the door. And uh, we have more to say on that toward the end. We got some correspondence that directly leads into that, but... Yeah, there was just a lot of imagery in this room, and Sansa... Well, we can bring up the imagery in the Sphinxes, because it's right there anyway, how, you know, a Sphinx is half... Uh, it's got the human head and the lion's body. It ha- It's Cersei Lannister. Like, that's... The, you're walking into this room that, since day one, has had this commanding Lannister presence. Almost like the Lannisters have been in this small council room watching since mm. the beginning. And it's very... I mean... A lot of the mythos and the lore around sphinxes are that they will ask you questions, and if they don't like your answer, some will devour you, or some will go crazy or deny you access, whatever. And so that's, yeah, that's essentially the feel for this room, is that Sansa's about to be questioned and needs to say the right things, get the right answers right, or it ain't going to go good for her. So Sir Boros announces that he has brought the queen, or brought Brought the the girl, and... They, uh, Sir Mandon Moore had let them inside. I just noted that name down because it's yeah, a name. Yeah, I have here too. So it said that Sansa but, had hoped. So I, I wanted to mention about that. Um, yeah. That Boros announced that he brought in. He was ushered inside by another king's guard, Sir Mandon, 
of the curiously dead face mm. is what he was described as. And, you know, that's obviously just this, the look on his face. He just doesn't, he's not there. He's yeah. Not. But I just thought it was interesting that the one that's leading them in is this dead-faced, and just that that word is always, mm. stands out stands whenever out George bit, throws yeah. it around. So, yeah, Sansa had hoped that Joffrey would have been there, but her prince was not. Three of the king's counselors were. Peter Baelish sat on the queen's left. The old bitch Pycelle at the end of the table, and Lord Varys hovered over them, smelling flowery. All of them clad in black, she had realized with dread. Morning clothes. Now, Because it's not afternoon yet. My girl, my my, my girl the queen, wore a high-collared black silk gown with a hundred dark red rubies sewn into her bodice, covering her from neck to bosom. They were cut in the shape of teardrops, as if the queen were weeping blood. Like, god damn, Cersei. So, I know that you have your point to make on this, but before you get into that, because yours is a bit more involved, I think, uh, my first takeaway from that, uh, again, was similar to Catelyn with the the crying, the tears. Yeah. The bloody tears and... Weaving uh, blood, yeah. And the statues weeping blood in the crypts of Winterfell. And so I just thought it was an interesting parallel there, but... Well, the, I mean, Cersei is the cause of one of those, right. essentially-ish. Well, yeah. So, you know, my point on it is that it very much so reminded me of some other rubies that we've heard about from my, my boy, as I've announced here. I have in no a shame in it. I am a Rhaegar fanboy. I heart Rhaegar so much, and I really wish... We got a lot more about him, so anything, any chance I get to connect something to him, which is immediately what I thought. These rubies reminded me of the rubies that Rhaegar had in his breastplate that were then shattered at the trident by Robert Baratheon. Do you think any of them were those rubies? I don't. I think this is more metaphoric in, and now I'm going to get real crazy, because we learn later on in the series from Melisandre that... Yes. Rubies contain the power of glamours. They, have, they can hold and focus glamour. We see that with Rattleshirt. We see that yeah. with Mance Raider. Mance Raider. And so there's a theory that's not mine, obviously, going around that maybe Rhaegar Targaryen was glamoured there. I think with Cersei here, it's a reflection of that. It's the glamour, but it really is like the glamour. The actual, of it. not like, the magical. This is glamour. the image I want to present of Cersei and who I right, am. Right. And so it's sort of again that illusion of presenting who we want to be. Rhaegar was said to be at the Trident doing that. I hope he wasn't. I, would <laughs> I know it, there's evidence that his body was floating in the water. Blah, whatever. I just thought of Rhaegar here, and uh, I know some other people, wink, wink, that did as well. But we'll get yeah. to that. So Cersei smiled to see her, the sweetest and saddest smile she had ever seen. Yeah. Fuck Cersei. She's just playing this little girl. Sansa, my sweet child, I know that you have been calling for me, but you must forgive me. Matters have been unsettled, and I haven't had a moment. I trust my people have took good care of you and seen to all your wants, Cersei says. And Sansa answers, Everyone's been so very sweet and pleasant, Your Grace. Thank you so very much for asking. Only... No one will tell us what's happening. Us? Yeah, Cersei's not pleased. So, I love how quick she just immediately latches on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Us? And 
Boros the Horos answers. Boris Blunt. Blount. He's over there smoking some. Jays I mean, in the if corner. he wants to chief it, like <laughs> it's it's recreational in some places. Uh, Boros answers that we put the stewards girl in with her because we didn't know what else to do with her. And Cersei is not. I'm not pleased, Boros. Cersei's not pleased, Boros. Cersei, the queen frowned. Next time you ask, the queen's voice was sharp. Who knows what sorts of tales she's been filling Sansa's heads with? Head with just more than one head. Yeah, multiple heads. Sweet. Anyway, use one of them. Sansa, trying to defend her friend, says that Jane's scared and that she had promised to ask if she could see her father. At which the old bitch Pycelle lowers his eyes. Which again, the perceptiveness of Sansa. She's noticing all the different yeah, reactions yeah. of these people. It's subtle, but it's there. And she says, her father is well, isn't he? And she's starting to get anxious. And it says that she knew there was fighting, but surely no one would harm a steward. Vayne didn't even wear a sword. I love that Cersei ignores her completely and asks the three counselors what that something needs to be done. Yeah, she turns to each one in turn and says, I won't have Sansa fretting needlessly. What shall we do with Sansa's little friend, my lord's? And little of fucking course he does. Pedo Peter Petty fucking Baelish little finger steps up and says, I'll take the girl. Of course you fucking will. Yeah. So Cersei says not in the city and he's like, duh. Yeah, he he'll find a place for her and Cersei doesn't want her around. But she tells Boros to take this girl to Lord Peter's <laughs> apartments. I put uh he'll find a place for her. Like Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> One yeah. day. So, she's, yes. yeah, the queen commands Boros to take the girl to Lord Peter's apartments and tell his people to keep her there until he comes. I want her and her things gone before Sansa returns. So Sir Boros bows yeah. and does. He leaves. Sir Bow. Boros Blount bounces. Yeah, sure. So Sansa is confused. She's She doesn't understand why Boros can't just take her straight to her father. Mm. Why, does he, why does she have to go to Littlefinger first and... Um, what did I have there? Oh, and she, I, I noted that she's, she tries to be, she says she's trying to be strong, but for a second she thought she might cry. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm surprised she's even got that much of a an emotion going through her mm. at this point. Like, Jesus Christ. Duh. Yeah. Fucking smart up. It says that she promised herself she'd be a lady, gentle as the queen, as strong as her mother, Lady Cat. But all of a sudden, she is scared again. Where are you sending her, she asks. She's a good girl. She's done nothing wrong. And Cersei answers that she's upset you, the queen said gently. Not another word now, child. Lord Baelish will take good care of her, I promise you. And Cersei pats the seat beside her. Sit down, Sansa. I want to talk to you. So, it like, and Sansa's too naive to see it, but not, like Cersei is just blowing her off. Like, oh, yeah. you have no say in this conversation so, where it's going. Yeah, she also told Littlefinger, "Go ahead and tell Jane Poole she she'll be taken to her father. Mm-hmm. Like, let her know that's right where you." That'll calm like, her down. Fuck yeah, jeez. Yeah, that'll calm her down and make her easy to transport. So Sansa goes and sits, and Cersei smiles at her again, but it doesn't really do anything to calm Sansa. Yeah, she sits anxiously. Varys is wringing his hands. Old bitch is looking down at his papers, but, but she could feel Littlefinger staring Now, the at wording her. of this, again, I think, like, it's just so fucking 
descriptive of him. Like Something about the man made Sansa feel as though she had no clothes on. Her skin broke out in goose pimples. Mine just did. Right yeah, now like he's he's got he's like gross. the Dumbledore vision, but like uses it in the pedal yeah. way. Whereas like Dumbledore can examine your soul. Littlefinger's gonna be looking at your junk. Yeah, he's a fucking creeper, man. It's and gross. so yeah, poor Sansa's getting all sorts of weirded out by that. But San- Cersei continues, sweet Sansa, and she lays a hand on her wrist. Beautiful child, I hope you know how much Joffrey and I love you. And Sansa fucking gushes. She, I mean, that'd be like, yeah, I mean, technically speaking, that would be like a teenage girl that, when I was in middle school, being told that, like, fucking NSYNC loves them. Just so you know. Tyson Jonas loves them. Tyson Jonas. Tyson and Tom. Yeah. They are in love with you. Yeah, she loses her shit. Anybody their shit. It says, Littlefinger was forgotten. The prince loved her. Nothing else mattered. And that's, yeah. that's pretty much it. There you go. Nothing else matters. Cersei that's smiles okay. and says, I think of you as my own daughter, and I know the love you bear for Joffrey. But she shakes her head and says, you must be brave, child. We have some grave news about your lord father. Her and quiet words gave Sansa a chill. What is it? And Varys. It's Varys who answers, which was weird to me. But he just comes right out with it. Your father is a traitor, dear. And, and then old bitch Bicell tells her how he personally saw Ned promise to protect Joffrey if Robert died. But as soon as he did die, Ned named Stannis King. How yeah. dare you? Yeah, he immediately sought to no. steal his children's throne. And he yeah, wouldn't. Sansa isn't having it. The queen picked up a letter torn and stiff with dried blood, but this broken seal on it was her father's, the great direwolf. Now, that's the letter that he gave to Fat Tom to hand-deliver to Stannis and no one else, but as we know, Fat Tom died right there in the fucking... Yeah, we found this on the captain of your household guard, Sansa, a letter to my late husband's brother, Stannis, inviting him to take the crown. And Sansa immediately, please, there's been a mistake. Send for my father. He'll tell you he would never write such a letter. The king was his friend. And Cersei is just playing her words. That's what we thought as well. This betrayal would have broken Robert's heart. Sweetling, you are innocent of any wrong, and yet you are the daughter of a traitor. How can I possibly allow you to marry my son? And, I mean, that's it. Cersei's giving it to her and then taking it right away. away. And so Sansa says, but I love him. She's confused and frightened. What would they do with her? What have they done with her father? She was supposed to wed Joffrey. He was promised to her. It wasn't fair to take him away on account of what her father might have done. He was promised to her. Yeah. He was a prince that was promised to her. He was a douchebag. I mean, he is still... And the queen says, how well I know that child. And she continues, why else would you have come to me and tell me your father's plan to send you away from us, if not your love for Joffrey? So I noticed, uh, I forgot to mention that when she was freaking out there in her head, she says that why is it's not fair that she's getting punished for her father's. Yeah. The chapter before this. She was mad because... She's punished for Arya's. For Arya's yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, she's placing the blame on other shit. And so, yeah, we find out here that Sansa went and told the queen. Yeah. She went and told the queen. Instead, when uh, 
when Arya was having her little lesson there, and because when remember she ran off yeah. right there at breakfast when Arya was confirmed to be allowed to have her lesson, but Sansa was denied seeing Joffrey. She was running off and she was going to tell the king, but she knew that the king was Ned's best friend. And if she went to him... He'd probably just send her back. He would just send her away. So she did the only sensible thing a girl could do. She went to the fucking queen. She poured her heart out, and Queen Cersei had listened and thanked her. And Sir Aerys Elkhart had took her to the high room in Maker's Holdfast. And a few hours later, the fighting began. Please, she finished, you have to let me marry Joffrey. So she's just gushing. This is all she wants. Do you think that when when she's when she had Aris Elkhart take him up is when Cersei took Joffrey down to the throne room to... To gather Ned? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that was the, the, yeah, the whole... It's time to move. Start. They're leaving. Yeah. We need to get him now. Yeah, yeah. And so... She said, she sw- Sansa promises she'll be a good wife, she'll be a queen, just like you. And the queen looks to the others and says, what do you say to her plea? And Varys murmurs, the poor child, a love so true and innocent. It could be cruel to deny it, your grace. Yet what can we do? The father stands condemned. It's just this fucking horrid this show. This scripted fucking, yeah. like, they they knew exactly what needed to happen here. And uh, Pycelle even jumps in mm. saying, you know, well, traitor's blood runs through her veins. Mm. And even though she's okay and innocent now, who knows what she'll be in ten years. And Sansa swears she's not gonna hatch no treasons. And Littlefinger says, she reminds me more of the mother than the father. Look at her. She is the very image of Cat at that age. As he starts lifting the table with his dick, the Basically. fucking perv. Um, Cersei reminds her that Arya set, your sister set a wolf on my son. Don't you recall? Yeah, because she says. This right here is the line that everything should have fallen apart for Cersei. Because Sansa was there. Because Sansa was there. Yeah. And knew that she didn't do that. And yet she still just feeds the. Yeah, no, instead she says, I'm not like Arya. She has the traitor's blood, not me. I'm good, I swear it. She chucks Arya straight under the bus. Yeah, yeah, for a lie that she knows is not true. And And Cersei, I believe you, mm -hmm. child. She turns to the others. It seems to me, if the rest of her kin were to remain loyal in this terrible time, it would help resolve, it would go a long way to help resolve a lot of our fears. And so old bitch Pycelle mentions that Ned Stark has three sons, Rob, Rickon, and Bran. And not that he names them by hand. And Littlefinger says that he would be much more concerned about Catelyn Stark and the Tullys. So Cersei takes her hands and asks, do you know your letters? And Sansa does. She was always good at letters, but not so good at sums. And she says, what what do you want me to do? And she... uh... She proposes Sansa write some letters, you know, one to your mother and one to what's your your, your brother there, the eldest one. Sansa's <laughs> like, Rob, fucking duh. Yeah. And uh, you must send them word of your father's treat. Uh, no doubt, word of your father's treat, and we'll reach them soon. So it's better it comes from you. So right. you should write them and tell them that Lord Eddard has betrayed his yeah. king. And Sansa's like, I don't, I wouldn't know what, I wouldn't know what to write. Like, what do you, what? Yeah, she, she wouldn't know what to say. And immediately, I mean, red flag number 75, we will tell you what to write, child. It's important you urge them to keep the peace. 
And she continues, your mother will feel for you. Your mother will fear for you. Tell her you are well and in our care. We are treating you gently. Bid them to come to King's Landing and pledge fealty to Joffrey when he takes the throne. If they do, we'll know there's no taint in your blood, and when you flower into your womanhood, you'll marry Joffrey in the Great Sept of Baelor. You practically whispered that. Did I? A little bit. Sweet. But, yeah, so she makes... She, she kind of is still hesitant, and she wants to talk to her father. And they're like, your father? Yeah, she's like, maybe I could, you know, maybe, maybe see my see my yeah. father to talk Don't about. Cry. And, and Varys jumps in and finishes the sentence for her. Treason. Treason. <laughs> and she's like, what? No, no. She doesn't even get a chance to say anything, though, before Cersei is like, you disappoint me, Sansa. The queen said with eyes gone hard as stones. So those, the sweetest and saddest smile she'd ever seen, those eyes are now pure, just fucking boom. Yeah, like, no. ex- you know. What the fuck? And showing, like, how, because she obviously has to turn it, like, to force Sansa's hand in this. Like, yeah. oh, now I, I'm, I don't know what else to do. I have to. This queen's pissed. And she, she goes on and says that we've told you of his crimes and that he is indeed a traitor, so why would you have anything to say to him? And Sansa says, I only, like, men if if he was well to see if he was harmed. And she, Cersei says, Lord Eddard has not been harmed. And Sansa asks, well, what's to become of him? And fucking old bitch, that's for the king to decide. And Sansa is elated. She immediately, it all comes it to her. Clicks. It clicks. Fucking Dumbass. Yeah, it clicks. It clicks for her in that her little world. Joffrey is king now. She, He would never let anything happen to her father, especially if she went and asked. Maybe a few years, you know, she might say He'd have him, to punish him because right. the lords would expect it. But, but the exile in the free Winterfell cities or exi- for, a few, for years. a few years. But once we're married and happy, then I can approach him again. I can talk him, him into talk- get letting I father back. Yeah, because I'm... Like, so she says that... Uh, yeah, as long as her mother and Rob didn't do any treasons, Unless, then it would yeah. all be lost. Joffrey was good. She knew it in her heart. She had to make she's him understand. She's now taking exactly what Cersei told her and, she's and using that to convince it. herself. Yeah, she's, she's justifying exactly. her actions here. She's saying, I need to make them understand the truth of it, the way I see it, that Joffrey really is a good person and... Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, she's... And I'll write the letters, yep. she tells him. Cersei smiled as warm as sunrise and gentle, uh, and gently kisses Sansa's cheek. So in the end, she wrote four letters. One to Catelyn. Well, before she she said, oh. Sansa, she'll, t- she'll tell Joffrey um, mm. and that he's going to be so proud of you. Of how brave you've been and yeah. the decision you've made. And so, yeah. You, like Feeding you those fires, They're going to, she ends up writing four letters, yep. one to Rob, one to Catelyn, one to Lysa, and one to Hoster Tully. Varys had her father's seal and drips the wax on and presses the seal to each of them, which I just thought it was an interesting note that Varys has the yes. seal. Yes. And so Jane Poole is gone when she returned to her room. No more weeping, she thought gratefully. 
Yet it seems colder without Jane. Even after she built herself a fire and dragged a chair over to it, where she could lose herself in her old favorite songs and stories of days gone by. Yeah, so she's into stories of Florian and Jonquil, of Lady Shella and the Rainbow Knight, of Prince Aemon and his doomed love of his brother's queen. It wasn't until later, as she was drifting to sleep, that she realized she forgot to ask about her sister. And that's the end of that chapter. That's it. So, to clarify, I don't hate Sansa, but in this chapter, I dislike Sansa a lot. Yeah, I see. Because similarly, like I don't, I don't hate her by any means. I really enjoy her arc, her story. She's a well-written character. But that's why I dislike her so much mm-hmm. in this chapter is because he really gets in. And, like, none of us can pretend, like, when we were 13, 12 years old, we wouldn't do just about damn near anything. Fuck you, brothers. Fuck oh, my yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait, I can do what? I can jump out of a helicopter and turn into a fucking flying eagle? Hell, yeah, I'll, I'll forget my family and tell them that they're traitors to be able to have this badass lifestyle. Thinking back now, it's like th- that's dumb. That's fucking. That's that's yeah. fucked up. But she's thirteen. Yeah, no, she's it's, gonna marry the king. The way she views it and the way we view it are obviously two entirely different things. But it's it's so frustrating yeah. knowing how hard Ned is working to try to get them out well, of there. Well, and... which is funny with how frustrated we are in Ned's chapters yeah. with how little he's actually realizing trying to work things out for them. So you got an inductee for um, the Sansi chapter. Duh. No, you go first. Word. Uh, mine is going to go... Uh, mine will go to Varys. Because, one, for having the seal. I, I've never noticed that little detail before, but I, I feel like that's kind of a significant background thing. And then again, for just how blatantly he's your father's a traitor dear like i just that was the one line this chapter that made me laugh out loud because it was like why the fuck is varus the one to say it like it just seems so random so yeah varus because okay cool. sansa doesn't deserve it Littlefinger doesn't deserve it so i'm going to follow that up with i'm inducting cersei oh uh, uh, she, she it just she, you know because we'll see later on that she's she's too full of herself eventually. Yeah. But I feel like her confidence hasn't hit that peak yet because no, she's still got the... No, this is And so uh, this is like... Moves. This is when they were thought out. They were calculated. Mm. These were well-done moves, well-executed, but then she gets too full of herself, and she gets Well, she starts to lose control of Joffrey. And that's the, the other first, for, like, Which we'll yeah. see as the, the fucking pivotal moment it, in this. Tyrion is the one who says it's hard to... Train a dog once you've put a crown on its head. Yeah, type so, thing. So yeah, so I'm gonna do it for Cersei just because how how granted she's a 12 year old girl, but the 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 way she's phrasing and the I tone mean, Cersei switches knows and the a 12 year old girl and, mind enough to right. just I mean she nailed it. yeah she yeah without and any so, effort. Yeah, I'm gonna bring Cersei in this one. Weird. I like that. That and I mean her outfit was on fleek. Like, yeah, right. That's fucking, fucking legit. So we had some correspondence this week from yeah. our not so silent sisters. And they had quite a few thoughts on this Sansa chapter, which we enjoyed all of them. But they started with, a lady remembered her courtesies, and she was resolved to be a lady no matter what. I don't think any quote 
could more accurate, accurately capture Sansa's character in the beginning. I also think this is a good example of why I can sympathize with Sansa. This blew my mind, by the way. And they mentioned that growing up in Georgia, oh, yeah, yeah. we all had to take classes on how to eat meals and dance like ladies. Yeah, that shit That's still exists. crazy. Like, I was completely on... That's fucking nuts. That's, That's barbaric. That's wizard chest. That's, That's barbaric. That, that's like, crazy. That's fucking insane. Anyway, she says, I can't. Oh, shit. Our studio's collapsing. Continue. We're all right. I'll fix this. I'm so scared. No, it's cool. Sorry, sisters. Finish. Holy shit. She goes on to say, anyway, I can't wait to see her flip the switch and take everything she's learned from Cersei and Littlefinger to bend people to her will. At least, that's how I'd like to see her character progress in the final two books, should we ever get them. They go on to the Sphinx and say, anyone else think the shout-out, the Sphinx shout-out is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, although there are ma- many magical creatures, the Sphinx is one I wouldn't generally think of as showing up in Westeros. But then I remember it's a creature with the head of a human and the body of a lion and they're surrounding Cersei Lannister. Oh, George R. R. Martin and his little details are brilliant. And so we have this chapter's research by Brandy. Yeah. Which we love. The Sphinx. So we, I don't, uh, as much as we love it, we enjoy it. Uh, yeah, that. I was going to. I think we're going to kind of. It's been referenced in part. both Greek and Egyptian mythology. In Greek, it's a woman. Egyptian, it's a male. And the Greek version is known to be merciless, treacherous, and will devour whoever fails to get their riddle. Shout out. They shout out Harry Potter and the Triwizard Tournament. Hell yeah. yeah. You'll see Sphinxes all over every literature, so it's cool to see in his world as well and there's just a lot of symbolism that we can they also mentioned the oedipus one when i love that Which reference i'm a large oedipus fan yeah so that was a dope nate has uh, a thing for not mm, for no, uh for good literature oh uh-huh for good literature yeah not for his mom no there's a lot of symbolism that we can take <laughs> away from this and they will actively be looking for more references to greek mythology as Hell the yeah. continues that's exciting let us know if you find anything yes we love it and they go on to mention Cersei's got a choice. And similar to the Red Rubies. Ooh, the Red Rubies left on the trident when Rhaegar was killed. We were along the same line of thinking there. I yeah, absolutely... so I didn't think of the, the Rubies for the Rhaegar. Like I said, I thought of oh, the Well, the you did of think blood. of this one as well. I also love the line, they were betrothed. He was promised to her. Continuing on the running theme of a prince that was promised. So, absolutely, you guys, we... we Definitely, obviously. The wave, wavelengths. Wavelengths. Where, where they're, on, they're on. And they go on to just say how much Lena Headey killed it as Cersei in the show oh, yeah. with the expressive eyes. So we get to their inductees. For this chapter, Unceptor Brandy will be doing something a bit unconventional in inducting the number three in all its mysterious powers to the sisterhood. While the number seven seems to follow Ned everywhere he goes, the same can be said of the number three for Sansa. Three... They came for Sansa on the third day, but three of the king's counselors were. Lord Eddard has three sons. So, now I, I love that inductee. I, I really, because I had uh, underlined a few instances of three. Yeah. But I just thought that you, she had put it much more eloquently, and so I really liked that she had chosen to use that as her. Inductee, yeah, no, that was so it was cool. Sick. I didn't pick up on the the number the threes that were popping up in Sansa, so that's really cool. I'll be interested to keep an eye out for that in the future. So for Uncepta Afton's inductee, it's very possible that it may get corrected in the future, just because. As Unsepta Afton is busy tending to other matters, like the Hand, 
I will speak with her voice, and I believe for this chapter she would invite Cersei Lannister to the Sisterhood, even though she may have done so already. I know Unsub to Afton has much respect for Cersei here in the beginning before she allows her hubris to turn her into an utter fool. Mm. Cersei is quick to set things into motion to secure the throne for her son and has no qualms about leaving bodies in her wake to get what she wants. True. So... Um, I agree. I also inducted her. So yeah, Cersei's a terrifying, cool. cunning presence in this. Yeah, first in book. the early books, before she gets full of herself. Before we learn that, yeah, she believes of herself as Tywin incarnate. And, exactly. And you're not. So Cersei. as always, we love and appreciate yeah, the fact that you, you wrote into us. You have great points and. It's always a blast to hear from I you. I have not, and I don't think Nate has either. We have not yet read your thoughts on John 6, as no, we are we, currently yeah. taking notes for them. I'm currently in the middle of notes before recording yeah, this. So, Nate is as well. So we will. I'm super excited to read it, because as always, you guys have the best of thoughts. So as they always say, all men must die, but we are not men. Thank you, Not So Silent Sisters, for writing in. If you want to write in and let us know your inductees thoughts opinions or random tinfoil theories on a game of thrones we can be reached all over the internet our gmail is without manners brotherhood at gmail.com we're on facebook facebook.com slash brotherhood podcast i'm on twitter at manners without zach is on twitter at carstark 92 we have a patreon patreon.com slash without manners on instagram at something or other something or other. I'm not really on the Instagram. Yeah, the Instagram's not too active. Just because I don't know how to use it, people. Like, what do you want from me? Anyway, write us. We love hearing from you. It's great. Our next chapter will be John. What number is it? Seven. Seven. John. Seven. Johnny. John's gonna be dealing with the body he found and potentially a dead person. Yeah, yeah. Attacking the Lord Commander and uh, sustaining an injury that lasts him the entire yeah, series. Until, uh, until he dies. Um, right up until he was stabbed Full in Full spoiler reread, so fuck it. Well, I mean, at this point, you made it to the end of the episode. Yeah, They've had true. quite a bit spoiled, so good on you if you've been spoiled <laughs> this whole episode and you made it here. Um, we we talked about it a little bit at, at the start, and we, just, we, we, we thought we weren't going to, but real quick here at the end, I'm sure everyone's heard the news that the Amazon is currently on fire. Yeah. We, Nathan and I, will be looking into ways for donating donating ourselves. Yeah, but... so we're going to be doing, um, I believe it's ACT, the Amazon Conservation Team charity, who are directly assisting in recovering and helping with the fires down there. So we've decided, I think it's going to be like 100% of what we have donated to us from anybody will be going directly to that. Yeah, we, we got to hammer that down yeah, and nail that out a little better. Some, but some incentives for you guys Mainly to donate, for this episode, I just wanted to say, you know, be aware of what's going on out there in this big wide world because the rainforest is pretty fucking important, yeah. man. And so, so our if thoughts you're interested, are with all the people that yeah, are out in that, like all... And all. if you're already doing something to support it, good on you because, I mean, we wouldn't have books without this, the, the places as no. beautiful as the rainforest and all the things that, I mean, the fucking air we need to breathe. So exactly. So all the people that up. are affected directly there by smokes and shit, like... Stay safe. Yeah, bro. everybody, like, you know, safe. stay safe Good if you're there luck. helping out. And uh, we won't be at any more political about this. Just help yeah, out the rainforest, help you know? Out the trees, Animals man. and shit. Like, that's it. People live there. Fellow to Harris. Peace. Peace.